I want to I want us to talk tonight about um, this continuation of. <laughs> Don't look now, but the pizza's here. <laughs> Sorry, that's that's just uh, quite a sight. <laughs> Jeff, you're our hero. <laughs> He's rolling eight extra large pizzas deep, <laughs> uh, trying to be really subtle about it. <laughs> Impressive. Thank you, Jeff. Um, I want to talk tonight about um, this last part of of really this journey of growing together here at the light and um, journey of growing in our relationship with Jesus. And so we've been talking about that, and uh, we've been talking about this this idea of discipleship as cultivating a supernatural lifestyle. We talked about encounter with God as the journey that we're on. We've talked about equipping the church as the, the thing that we're all after and that we're all um, seeking to grow in, really our understanding of who we are in God and what he's given us, and uh, so that we can use those tools effectively. Last week we talked about engaging the world as part of the mission that God's called each of us to. And I, I want to... I wanna, um, Start there again and segue into this last part, which is um, expanding the kingdom of God. And, um, and in fact, I think the, these two things are intertwined. And in fact, all of these kind of flow into each other. And so uh, when God's called us to engage the world, he's called us, and I said this last week, to engage the world uh, with his kingdom. And so um, as I was sharing this, this um, map, if you will, uh, somebody said, well, shouldn't engaging the world lead to expanding the kingdom? Isn't that obvious? And, and my answer is not necessarily because um, if we don't know clearly what it looks like for us to engage the world and what, uh, what interaction with the world looks like, um, I believe that perhaps um, expansion can be uh, misguided, meaning that um, our view and understanding of ultimately what what success looks like in this journey with God, what success looks like um, in in our, our call in uh, in the church, our our call in the world, what that looks like um, could be misguided. So, ultimately, what our understanding is of of success and what our understanding is of what it looks like for us to hit the mark. Um, what we think that is, it's going to determine ultimately um, how we act and if we think we've achieved it or not. Does that make sense? And so um, I want to start by reading this passage in Matthew 13 because last week we talked about um, <clears throat> we talked about engaging the world. And um, let me just find this little refresher here from last week. Um, I shared this vision that we would be a church of sent ones bringing both the spirit and kingdom vision wherever we go, as we go. And um, I love this parable that Jesus gives, and I think it's a powerful picture of this. And so I wanted to start with that tonight. It's Matthew 13, starting in verse 31. He's talking about what that kingdom looks like. And he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took 
and planted in his field, though, though it is the smallest of all seeds. Yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. He's, he told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Any bakers in here? Anybody enjoy the fruit of bakers in here? All of us, raise your hand. Um, there's, this, um, there's this pastry that we get from Trader Joe's that's absolutely magical. Um, lots from Trader Joe's is magical. But there's, in particular, there's this, this croissant. Anybody had Trader Joe's croissants? They're magical. They're magical this morning. <laughs> you had a magical morning, sir. <laughs> Let me explain. They look like this when you get them. They're like a little flat biscuit. And you set them on a plate and you go to bed. And you wake up the next morning. Don't eat them yet. You still have to bake them. But magically, overnight, they expand into this amazing puffy pastry. I, don't, I still don't know how it works. But somewhere in there, I think there's something about the yeast hitting the air and it's setting overnight. Magic. And you put it in the oven and it's like, it's like going to the best bakery in town, except you're still at home in your pajamas. Try them, Okay. <laughs> Jesus gives this picture of yeast being mixed into the dough. And what does it do? It actually, it, it creates this effect on the dough. First of all, you can't tell it's in there. But it's in there. And the reason you can tell it's in there is because eventually the dough expands. It rises. And you have bread. And it's actually not just this flat, dense thing anymore. It's becomes this fluffy, delicious, portable um, transportation device for other good things. That's what bread is good for. <laughs> if you're gluten-free, gluten-free bread. Anyway, um, how does that relate to this? I think it's a beautiful picture of what it looks like for us to engage the world. To be in it, so entwined in the world that from, from the outside looking in, you can't tell the difference. But you can because something is different and things change. You with me? And um, I, I just, I love that picture. I love the picture of the, the, the mustard seed as well because... Again, it's like that. It's this thing that's so small that you could miss it. And yet the impact over time is enormous. It's life-giving. It's, it's, it's not a small impact. It's a big one. I think this is what it's like for us to, to be a part of what God is doing. 
I think we do need to dream bigger. And yet, at the same time, the impact often starts small. Um, I want to talk tonight about what it means to expand the kingdom as ultimately a vision for success, if you will. Um, I think that too often the church has an idea of what success looks like that's not God's idea. And ultimately, if we set up some definition of success that isn't his, it doesn't matter if we meet it. (laughs) Yay. I, I think too often the church, for example, has defined success as growing our numbers. I mean, it's how we've uh, done things, particularly in evangelical Christianity and the United States. We said success looks like getting bigger and larger and having more. And I just don't think that is God's definition. I think God's definition of success is seeing his kingdom grow. And if we do that and we stay 50 people, we've been successful. It doesn't matter that we're not breaking the 100 barrier, breaking the 300 barrier. I don't care. Are you with me? I want to talk about some some aspects of the kingdom that I think are important for us to set as um, set in view as part of what it means for us to be successful as a family together. Things that we set our sights on and we say we're going after these things together. And so that when we begin to see them accomplished, we can celebrate together and say it's happening find it here. It's a bad idea to write parts of the same sermon on on pages separated. <laughs> so what happens when you start in the beginning of the week and you finish later in the week and you write a bunch of stuff in between. A couple things for us to think about, okay? I'm going to try to make this um, succinct. I talked last week about having a kingdom vision and the values that um, that we have as a family. And I really think those are, um, are ways that we can hone in on what it looks like to bring the kingdom. Is to practice these values wherever we go, as we go. And so the value of family and the value of, of authenticity and the value of of generosity. And I want to talk specifically about two of those values as it relates to expanding the kingdom right where we are. Okay. And, and one of those is the value of a growing family. And as it relates to our success as a church, 
if you will. Even that word feels a little weird to me, okay? I'm just going to be honest. To say, what does it mean for us to be successful? The word success, I feel like, has kind of been tainted. But I do think that God has a vision for us as a church that he wants us to catch hold of, that he's saying, well done. There's a vision for us where God is saying, as you walk in this, my attitude and my thoughts towards you are well done. That's a vision for success. Okay. And I believe that right where we are, one of the challenges that we have is that we have to think beyond ourselves. I believe that the kingdom doesn't have the types of borders that we've put up. Meaning the kingdom is, goes a lot further than we often think or expect and want it to. And so sometimes one of the limitations that we make to participating with God and embracing the kingdom is we set limitations to where we're going to go and who we're going to connect with and how we're going to do things. And so I think actually one of the biggest borders and limitations is just us thinking individually. And when I say that, I'm thinking both, I'm talking about both as individuals and as an individual church. You with me? That can be a huge hindrance to expanding the kingdom. When we think it's only about us, we've limited what God can do. And when we think that for ourselves as a church, we're still limiting what God can do. I believe that that's how, um, that's what oftentimes churches are thinking when they're saying, okay, we want to grow this church as large as we can. We're not necessarily thinking kingdom anymore. Because the kingdom of God is a growing family and it goes way beyond this place and the people that we know here. There are people in our city that we haven't even met yet that are part of our family because they're part of the family of God. That's hard for us to imagine. And even now you might be thinking, how does that play out practically? I don't know exactly, but I think we have to start there with that recognition that what we've been called to as a family goes way beyond this group right here. And it's in our city and it's the people we meet that we find out are believers. They're, they're, that's instant family you didn't know you had. Do we believe that? Again, some of us are trying to think practically, okay, how does that work out? Just don't go there for a second, okay? Just, just go with me for a second to think big picture about this. Because I think until we embrace the truth of that big picture, we can't walk it out with each other hand in hand practically. So there is this thing called the church that goes way beyond this. You guys know that, right? The church global, the church in our city. But do we view the people around us as our family? And are we thinking about how we can connect with, partner with, build that family, strengthen that family? See, I think it's something that um, it's easier to not think about. And just be honest, as your pastor, it's something that it's like we have that difficulty enough right here to talk about what it looks like in our city and our world is just seems a little daunting. But 
I believe that God wants us to. And I believe that his kingdom and the, the limits and borders of his kingdom extend that far. Are you with me? Okay. I think one of the ways practically that we do that, that we, I want us to, want to see us move in that to a greater degree is to just acknowledge that together we're going to commit to connecting with the family of God in Baltimore. Like, to me, that, that still is a big task, but it's more tangible. Will we commit to connecting with the larger family of God in our city to a greater measure? That's a question I have. And I think it's a question that each one of us has to answer individually as a group, if that makes sense. So each one of you, you saying yes or no to that determines how we're going to do that, if we're going to do that as a church. But I do think that there's a call to that. And I think that there's something that God wants to do in this city that's only going to happen when we start to walk in that way. Do you believe that? I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to be in this place five years from now and to think that we missed something because we never thought outside of this. We never got outside of this. Like this is, this is about dreaming for a minute, okay? This isn't about me telling you you're doing something wrong. This is about us dreaming for a minute to say, when we look at what's happening in our city, when we look at the stuff, the problems that are so pervasive, there's a realization that, yes, God can do it, but how's he going to do it? And if we do the math, we realize it's not going to be just through us, and we are powerful in him, but we are also more powerful in him when we are united in him. And you know what? I'm just wondering if he's waiting for the, the little churches that don't have a lot to embrace this. Because maybe the big churches are a little more stubborn too. I don't know. Maybe they have more resources and more ability to affect change with what they have. and They don't need to go outside of that. I just know with what we have, we're not going to get very far. Is it okay for me to say that? That's not me being pessimistic. I'm just trying to be realistic. (laughs) But I know that's not enough. Like, if we just take what we have and we grow it over time and we slowly affect change, there's something powerful about that, yes. But I don't think that's it. And so, what if we commit together to say, we are going to embrace the larger family in this city and you know what? We're going we're gonna to get outside of ourselves, even if um, we have people that say no to that. People are confused by it. People are wondering, what, uh, what do we want from them? <laughs> because we're asking to connect and to do this together. I think that's this vision for family that is really about expanding the kingdom here. 
I think he wants that from us. I think we can do it. What if us deciding together to move towards this end created a ripple effect in our city? I don't know, but I think it could. Because right now when you look around, there's not a lot of collaboration happening. I'm grateful because there's more than there was five years ago, just from what I've seen from the people that I know, but it's still few and far between. And this leads me to the next value that we have, because I think, in fact, this is one of the very practical ways that we can partner and we can connect with the family in our city, okay, with other churches, other believers, I said a few weeks ago, I feel like God is bringing us into a season of discovering new ways to be generous. And I believe, in fact, as I was just praying through this, I feel like God was saying that that sacrificial generosity is going to break down barriers to unity in our city. Because guess what? You can talk about wanting to work together and to be united. We can We can call the people from other churches our brothers and sisters. But until we're sharing, I wonder if if we really mean that more than just words. I think, in fact, another way to put that is I think when we go out of our way to be generous with the people around us, something happens. It, It breaks down divide. Are you with me? Is that making sense? I don't know about you, but when it comes to family, there's things you'll do for family that you won't do for anybody else. And I think that if we as a church could find ourselves being generous, even with churches that are bigger than ours, that have more than ours, as a sign of saying we're together in this, I think it would break down walls of disunity. Because ultimately, what we have of value when we share it, it says... It says that we care. It says that we, this matters, this relationship, the thing that you care about matters to me as well. Are you with me? And so we've already actually begun to do this, but I, wanna, I wanted to speak on this tonight because I want us again, can we together say collectively yes to this? And this is why I prayed for unity and I'm going to keep praying for it because I know it's not going to be something that's just going to happen like that. But I really believe that if we're going to see the full potential of this, that every single one of us, I I believe God is, is calling each of you to say yes in some way to this. So when it comes to generosity, guess what? You can be generous no matter what you have. Do you believe that? And in fact, I would suggest that learning generosity when you have very little actually will prepare you to continue to be generous when you have more. You don't learn generosity when you get a lot. You learn it when you don't have very much. And in fact, it's partly how you get more. Because Jesus says, if you're faithful a little, I'm going to give you more. Now, that's not a rule to try and get more. But it is a key to the kingdom because he rewards stewardship. So, generosity is something we're all called to. And guess what? 
we added sacrificial because at the end of the day, no matter what you have, um, the question is partly, are we giving above and beyond to a place of actually having to sacrifice something? And I think that is a picture that we see directly from heaven itself. That is what generosity looks like in the kingdom of God. It's not giving from the excess. It's giving straight from a place that requires you to give something that you might want to keep, in fact. You might be getting uncomfortable (laughs) with this right now. So, will we say yes to that? One of the things that we're going to do as a church, okay, practically in this, and a couple people have, have brought this up. So, this is... Just so you know, this isn't first and foremost my idea here that I want us to all. You know, this isn't about um, me trying to get you guys to give more. Um, actually, twice now, um, one of our leaders has said, "Hey, I, I I want us to consider as a church how we can give um, to something around us in an intentional way and in a financial way and." I've been chewing on that for a little bit, and we've begun to make some steps in that. But I want to say for all of us tonight that we're going to do that. We're going to start to do that. Uh, We're going to start to give um, a percentage of what we have every month to something of impact in our city and beyond. Um, And so we've already begun to do that, not necessarily in an intentional way, but it's already begun to happen. So we're giving to Ethnos this year because we want to back up our words with action and say we're in this. And, you know, when they approached me about sponsorship, they said, you know, um, part of that would be giving something financially. It could be five dollars. It's like, well, I think we can give more than $5. <laughs> and, you know, I want us to get to this place, and I'm challenging myself in this. When I have a thought about even giving something, just the thought of increasing it. <laughs> and if, if you have a thought of giving something, and you go to increase that number in your head, and it makes you uncomfortable, you might be headed in the right direction. <laughs> okay? I'm not saying that as a rule of thumb, but you know what? It's good. And in fact, I think often that's the heart of the Father. So, um, and it's actually fun when you do it. It gets a little more freeing and actually gets a little bit fun because you're like, I could bless the person this much or I could bless them this much. And the moment you do that and you see somebody shocked by it, oh, that's so much fun. (laughs) You can just pretend it's no big deal, even though in your head you were freaking out um, before you said yes to it. Anyway, so we're going to begin to do that. And one of the ways you can be a part of that, okay, you may not be writing the check to Ethnos, but you can, and I want you all to consider sowing into this place financially in some way, okay? And I'm talking to our students, and I'm talking to our working adults. Again, as a way that you are practicing generosity right now. And what I want to tell you is that that money 
It's not just about keeping this up. It's so that we can be generous beyond this place, okay? And guess what? As we take that seriously, and as we begin to say, God, okay, I know I can give this amount, but can I give more? And I understand there are limitations to that, okay? I get it. And that's why we don't talk about this that often. But I do believe that there's more. And there's more that as we sow into, there's going to be more that we can give. But guess what? We're going to commit to it up front in faith that we're going to have enough. Because guess what? At this point, if we give 10% of what we have, we're, we're not going to meet our budget. But I'm not freaking out. Um, I got to talk to our finance team about it because I haven't got them to approve it yet. But we're not freaking out because guess what? I know this is what he's calling us to. And if he's calling us to it, he's going to take care of it. But guess what? That involves all of us, okay? I'm already feeling more of the unity. Most churches, they say, don't talk about the money stuff because, you know, people are going to freak out and they, and they won't want to be there anymore. But I'm actually feeling more unity in the room. And that's how I know the Spirit is here helping us. <laughs> okay, we're going to close in prayer, all right? I just want us to pray for this vision of expanding the kingdom, for our vision of that to grow, and for the borders, the limitations to dissipate, dissolve. And that God would use us as the little church we are in a mighty way. And that would be success.